We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Winning isn't everything, but it's the only thing. In our business, there is no second place. Either your first or your last. Exactly two minutes remain in this football game. Dallas leads Green Bay 17-14. Shar on third down. Third and goal. Quarterback. Three seconds left. Green Bay Packers are going to be world champions, NFL champions for the third straight year. Far. Lays it up for Freeman and it's incomplete. And or did he cave in the catch at the 15? Yes. What are they gonna roll it? He caught it? Touchdown! He did what? Rogers in trouble. It's gonna get there. He turned 32 yesterday. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone! It is caught for the win! Richard Rogers! With a walk-off touchdown. The final snap of Super Bowl 45. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Talk of the Tundra, your Green Bay Packers podcast that is a proud partner of the Euroset Podcast Network and the Blue Wire family. I am your host, Numak, and joining me after what was one of the best wins of the year, one of the most exciting wins of the year, just one of the best games I think the NFL had legit all year, is my lovely co-host, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, how are you doing, buddy? Doing very well, doing very well. I'm not going to say one of the best wins of the year. This was the best win of the year. It's the Super Bowl defending champions, and the Packers took them down. Even if it went down the wire, even if there was controversy at the end, this was an emphatic Packers victory. And we're it's not that we're in the hunt. We are in the playoff picture right now. Mm-hmm. That picture that you're hanging up on the wall, you see the frame everything? <laughs> we're right there at the bottom left-hand corner. Seventh seed, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. The Packers couldn't have gift-wrapped a present gracious enough than what is Talk of the Tundra's 100th episode. So before we even get into all of it, thank you all for joining us for 100 episodes and tuning in and sharing and listening and late rating, reviewing, all that stuff. We we, we are we appreciate it. And golly, let's get in to this football game because 
Man, was it a good one. 27 to 19. The Packers take down the defending champion, Kansas City Chiefs. And for what was, for all intents and purposes, Jordan, right away, just an immediate uh, kickstart from the offense. They go down and score right away, up 7-0, just like they did last week. Yes, uh, a very kind of time-killing, game-controlling drive. Not unlike that we've seen from the Packers, really, at all this season, at least to start the the a game. We've seen them, obviously, Thanksgiving Day, we saw them come out firing and <laughs> going for deep shots and all that stuff. But this was a much more methodical kind of power football that we have talked about with the Packers and kind of the ideal vision that we thought that Matt LaFleur and company would like to play. I think we just saw that on display and they perfected this formula over the course of the last few weeks. And on the, you know, marquee game of the week, they got to see everybody that tuned in, got to see how this (laughs) team is, is working as of now. And after a lot of many kinks and many weeks of just looking at the offense, looking so defective, now it's Jordan Love's in control. AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, we know he's out. AJ Dillon's doing everything to fight for every inch. And that opening drive really just set the tone for the rest of the night of just how this offense can really just walk over a really, really good Chiefs defense as we talked about going into this week. This wasn't a shootout like it was a traditional shootout in that it was a 60-yard bomb after 70-yard bomb and then just big gashing plays, right? This was a shootout, a methodical shootout, where Green Bay's first drive took seven and a half minutes off the clock, which is crazy to think about. That is how this offense was was operating the last few weeks. And then same thing from the Chiefs, the ensuing drive. They take the rest of the seven and a half minutes of the first quarter off the, off the clock. The quarter ends 7-3, and each team said one drive. Like, it was just an absolute mind-boggling game to where the offenses in the first half were moving the ball down the field at such efficiency, but just getting seven-yard plays, ten-yard plays here and there to where it was, there was defense being played, but I think it was just a more testament to how well both offenses played to the point that they they were just having their way, I think, both teams on in both facets of the offense, like, Passing game was there all day for both the Chiefs and the Packers. Running game was there all day for both the Chiefs and the Packers. More so the Chiefs than the Packers. Well, yeah, as you say, more but so the Chiefs. If, if we look at this uh, <laughs> this box score here, Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco, 18 yards, 110. It's just 6.1 yards per on average. Oop, I'm, I got an oop. There we go. 6.1 yards on average. Like I said in the in the the, the pre uh, game, the pre game pod. Isaiah Pacheco runs like a man that has the ground owing him money. Like, he is so strong and just runs with all of the force behind him. Like, it was just, like, really fun to watch him run. I hated seeing him get the ball every time. Um, but golly, like, I think the offenses were just so good to know. And, and the, the the difference really is Keyshawn Nixon's play at the end of the game. Like, the, that interception, he tracked it so well in the air, Jordan. It was so beautiful. The thing about I was thinking about it, and Mahomes had a throw the the exact or the down before where he lofts it up. Can't remember who he threw it to, but it was a very just like a touch throw where 
if you're in the right position, someone can make a ball or make a play on that ball. And we talked about plenty about like Packers do their damage. If they generate any turnovers, it's always pass rush related. It's always getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands, as we've seen in the Vikings game, as we saw on Thanksgiving. This is a different <laughs> type of play that we've seen at all this season where Keyshawn Nixon was in the perfect spot, had played it right away. Obviously, he was on the scouting report, played it the exact way, and just tracked the ball seamlessly. That The wide receiver was not even making a play for the ball. He was making a play for the tackle by the way that Mahomes threw it. It was just a bad ball from him. And, you know, now, I mean, we're 6-6. Six and six. Packers are in the playoff picture. A lot still has to, you know, be ensured that they continue this. But, like, Keyshawn Nixon is now two years in a row where he's making impact plays that – kind of is this catalyst for them to get back in the playoff hunt or, you know, at least be in the playoff picture as they are right now, better than they were last year at any point. Um, I just think, again, like, as you mentioned, like, we don't think of this defense in that way of, you know, we think of them as, like, getting third down sacks or just getting home to the quarterback and pushing them out of field goal range or anything like that where they can, you know, they, they march down the field, but don't get the touchdown. They set up right. three. That happened just twice too. The, happen, yes, it happened twice. Or just flipping the field like that or just changing, just getting a stop in that way just made it so much better for this Packers team. And yeah, credit to Keyshawn Nixon for such an impact play that will reverberate for many weeks on end if they continue this trajectory. Absolutely. In the meantime, we're getting quotes in right away. Ooh. Our QB1. For me personally, I've had this game circled for a long time. To get a victory is huge. Two years ago, he makes his first start against Kansas City and gets, frankly, I'm not going to say embarrassed, but he looks not good. He's a just unprepared on a short week from when Aaron Rodgers was goes down with COVID, and it just is looking bad. There's there's murmurs about how he looks, right? And he comes in, and I had the, the tweet up before from the NFL. I'll try and see if I can pull it up quick. Um... But it was just his last three weeks have been incredible, Jordan. I mean, like, what do you what do you do with with a, a quarterback in the last three games that has eight hundred and fifty passing yards, eight TDs, and no and no interceptions? What do you do with that? Like, you're you're trending towards what the NFL is apparently proclaiming as your next franchise QB. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, I know on the broadcast, they were kind of, it's always the, you don't want to call him the next Brett Favre, the, the next Aaron Rodgers. I'm not about to say that by any means, but right now, the way that Jordan Love is playing, the way that the offense is really locked in, it's dialed in, everything is just working as what looked like this kind of <laughs> jumbled up puzzle piece where you're just trying to put the pieces together. Now it's like, oh, you're seeing the full picture develop. Mm -hmm. And Jordan Love is being put in spots to just fire away. It's it's not it's not I don't think it's anything dissimilar to what we had been seeing outside of the results being there because <laughs> that really helps our outlook on everything. Right. But I do think there hasn't I think part of it it not being a radical change is that they've stuck with what wasn't working and just try to fine tune execution styles and all this stuff of, of making the offense work as it's intended. Because 
as much as like we could talk about Jordan Love being the engine and and again just another masterclass performance, you could arguably say that he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. Um, not that was all on Patrick Mahomes, but um, I, I do think like <laughs> with that instead, like down the stretch, we saw the same things that had kind of bit the Packers in the ass the first couple of weeks of like penalties, offensive penalties, taking them out of field goal range, missing scores at the end of the half that was could have loomed large. Right. This time it didn't bite them, you know, where it could have really hurt them later on. Ty appreciate appreciates you watching your language. But you said he might have outplayed Patrick Mahomes. No, he did. Patrick Mahomes, twenty one of thirty three, two hundred and ten yards. Jordan Love, twenty five of thirty six, uh, two hundred and sixty seven yards. Two, uh, one touchdown, one interception for Patrick Mahomes. Three touchdowns, no picks for for Jordan Love. Three sacks, 21 yards for, for uh, Mahomes. Two sacks, 14 yards for Jordan Love. 79 pass rating versus 118. He outplayed arguably the best quarterback in the NFL tonight. I think, yes. And obviously, like... <sighs> really where where the offensive execution for this Chiefs team really went off the rails was the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't the Keyshawn Nixon interception. They had gotten a three and out, which is the, I think the first and only three and out this whole game. Yep. Um, Keyshawn Nixon interception, next drive. Then like, obviously it comes down the wire. We can talk about how the last couple of plays were and all that stuff. And, Obviously missed calls. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco got disqualified because he threw a haymaker. Keyshawn Nixon. <laughs> he threw a um, haymaker is what he threw. <laughs> but at the same time, like the Chiefs, like that third and ten at the whatever field field spot that they're at, where they just throw the ball away and threw away a possession. Mm-hmm. With, so and burned at the end of the game. Three seconds. Yeah, it was so bizarre. Where it's like. I understand the, the the situation, what dictated and everything like that, but like, it was just kind of. I, I've heard a lot about the Chiefs and how the offense is. I mean, we talked about plenty of the offense is not how it normally how it is. used to it, be, it right? Explosive, but it's not this like terrorizing um, machine that will tear your defense in two. It was just really odd to see the the defending champs. This poised unit with the best quarterback in the league mm-hmm. just kind of crumbled before our eyes at the most critical point of this game. I think a big part of it is that the wide receivers just aren't there anymore for him. Like, no. uh, they Travis Kelsey held to an albeit like I'm not going to say it was a great game, but um, held to 81 yards on four catches, and then 27 of that came, I think, on. And I think in the first quarter, when he was wide open for no reason. Five and, targets, the same as MVS. Rasheed Rice, nine targets, eight catches, 64 right. yards. But a lot of that was work behind the line of scrimmage. Like, mm-hmm. it, that is kind of like, I don't know. It, it is just a very, they feel hamstrung in a very obvious way. And mm-hmm. this, this game could have easily gone against the Packers. Isaiah Pacheco was running all over All them. over him. But it again, it, it was just so strange to see where it's like Mahomes is throwing to guys that just don't have any ability to make a play on the ball. Yeah, it, downfield. 
Yeah. And I think like the MVS thing has been a problem for them for a while, right? Like even in years past, it's been an issue. But this year, I mean, it's been, what was that, two weeks ago against the Eagles where he dropped the the surefire touchdown just in the end zone. And that was a problem. Like MVS misses a a, a ball late. Um, Not the DPI one, but I think a different one that, um, that he had been targeted on. But like, it's just, it's just not good. And when you're Travis Kelsey is your only real receiver out there, then it gets, it gets problematic. Kadarius Tony was supposed to be that and just hasn't, hasn't been what they want him to be when they traded for him from New York. And, I think they're just relying too much on Rashid Rice and Sky Moore to do anything. And they're young guys. Like, MVS and even Tony, even Tony's a young guy. Like, MVS is the probably the oldest guy in there. And Tony's not <laughs> even getting, getting on the field. Right. Exactly. He had no he had no targets. He had a he had a rush, I think, and that was about he had it. One, he had one carry. Like, yeah. that is, I mean, we're going deep on the Chiefs and obviously so, but, like, it just shows you the kind of things that they've had to make on the margins where Kadarius Tony got cut by the, the Giants or traded to the traded. Yeah. Chief, I think it was traded, yes. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, look at all the help that the Chiefs are getting. Blah, well, blah, well blah, even blah, then blah. he looked good in the playoffs last year. He did. He was a he was a big turning point in that in that Super Bowl victory. Mm-hmm. And they just have not been able to manifest it into something substantial or anything real beyond just like supporting Kelsey. I mean Rasheed Rice was a good draft pick. Obviously, they're already paying dividends for that, but like, right? It's funny to, to to see that how to see it on the other side of like how we had talked about the Packers' offense and be like, oh my god, they don't have any, they don't have a number one, they don't have anybody stepping up out of these young guys, and now it's like all these guys are popping up at once and making plays and doing all the things that we hope that they would be doing to start the year, and a, a team like the Chiefs with veterans with. They're playing for a Super Bowl year in, year out when you have Patrick Mahomes, when you have Travis Kelsey, when you have Chris Jones, and it's just not there it, in a very real way. Mm-hmm. Ty in the chat mentions uh, that Green Bay had two first downs on every drive. Like, that is that is really good. Like, a lot different than what we were talking about uh, maybe a month ago. A month more ago. Than that. Yeah. The, they said on the broadcast that the Packers hadn't won in 40 days at one point when they won on that four game losing streak. And now they have won four in five games and should have won five in five games against that Pittsburgh Steelers or in the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And so it's just like this this team is figuring out how to win at the right time. And I don't think that it's a a stretch of the imagination to imagine that the reason this team looks a lot better is because the offense looks a lot better, which means the defense is getting some rest and they look a lot better. Like the yes. defense is playing so well. Like it's it's just so encouraging to see them playing well and getting turnovers and getting sacks. Like they had three sacks tonight. It's just it's they're doing so well that it's it's really encouraging to see them perform and actually just be the the defense that they're that they should be. Right, this defense has a lot of assets um, invested into it between first round picks and contracts, and even without Jair tonight. They do so well, and it's just like it, it's so refreshing to see them do what they're supposed to be doing when they're supposed to be doing it. The Ben Bolt don't break defense that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, where it's maddening. It's just it's it's maddening where they ha- they let Pacheco run all the way down on the first couple of drives, and they can't hold the field goals, but it works. And when it's working, it's working really well. And it's not like it's working against like 
some bad teams. They won it with the Chargers. They won it now against the Chiefs. They beat the Lions with it last week. Like, yep. I I hate to admit defeat on this, but Joe Barry's kind of cooking. I I'm hoping it, he continues to cook this way for the rest of the season. Like, it just it, it just needs to keep up this energy. And I, we can't overstate just like not having Jair. This is his seventh game that he's missed this year. He's it's not anything against him, but he, being a non-factor and just simply being available for games has forced the Packers to make hard decisions. We we did not envision this defense uptick when you trade away your best cornerback to the se- or to date this season, mm-hmm. and they're doing this with. A guy that was a seventh round pick last year, and or sorry, seventh round pick this year, and then Corey Ballantyne was an undrafted free agent last year, or seventh round pick last year. Like those are your starting quarterbacks. Darnell Savage comes back from injury. It was huge to have him in the lineup. He was making plays. He really it wasn't was like a, a hugely impactful game, but like just having another body out there was was big. Jonathan Owens got you know made a questionable call, I would say, but still was making impact plays. They're just doing things like how we talk about the, the Packers defense of investing into first rounders and, and you know on the line in the you know, with their linebackers and everything like that. They've done those things, but on the back end where that that was such a huge sore spot going into the year. They're they're pulling this out like MacGyver. Like they're just oh, we got a thread, we got uh Eminem, and we got <laughs> we got super glue. We're gonna put this all together and make it um, at least like a passable defense, and, and again, they're making impact plays where mm-hmm. they they just the way that they they got third down sacks. I, I'm looking at the box where it was like divvied up between like three players on PFS yeah. like box scores. Four players got a half a sack. Mm-hmm. Lucas Van Ness, I truly thought had like a breakout kind of game. He was really getting home and, and making Mahomes' life miserable in just yeah. the pocket. Um, yeah, the the D line was and the edge rushers were, were really good this game. Like I guess I, I should say against the pass against the pass pass rush, run defense was a little suspect, but that's that's fine. Um, you'll you take what you can get, I guess. If you're gonna hold Mahomes to under 220 yards passing, then I will I will take that if it means that you. Just, yeah, I mean, you know if, what I mean. If you're like, getting a five point nine five point nine yards for rush play, but right. Mahomes is more mortal than mm-hmm. you've ever seen him. And like not for nothing, but like Packers have played Mahomes three or Chiefs three times under the Mahomes era. Yeah. One of them I believe he was hurt. Second was the love start. And they only put up 13 points. Mm-hmm. With largely like a lot of faces have changed, but Joe Barry's been the defense coordinator. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know I, I don't know what the answer is to if Joe, Joe Barry is cooking now. But he's he's, I think the thing about it is that obviously to look to Malifour's record of being sixteen zero in December games, but Joe Barry, this is again second straight year where going deeper in the season, he's making personnel decisions, he's making strategic decisions that put the Packers in a better chance to win. Yeah, that's that's kind of what you asked for for a defense coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I just like big shout out to all the. Before I get to the big shout out, just the 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 D line so well. Rashawn Gary had had pressures and sacks. 
like you said, Lucas Van Ness, Preston Smith, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, like, like they, were, they all played a part in this game tonight, which is just really what you want to see. Cheeses this week are going to be tough. I'll tell you that right now. But shout out to uh, Corey Valentine and Carrington Val- Valentine. Like, they've been thrown into the fire just to figure out what to do on this defense at a critical point um, in the season, looking at it in hindsight. And they've really stepped up. Like, yeah. you can say what you will about the um, the no call at the end of the game. Uh, I think PFT uh, commenter has a pretty good, pretty good point about this. Since that was thrown to MVS, it was technically uncatchable. Good call. <laughs> uh, the one, the one, ca- the throw that Mahomes made that. MVS caught where he's like slipping, but he caught it. And like the only dude, reason why he caught that dude. is like he threw that at his body. Yeah. So he could catch it. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, just kind of like, that was, that was body. the most annoying. Like, I know, like, like I was stressed the second half. There's like a real chance to win this game. My heart was like palpitating the entire game. And so when they had that third and 10 and they're like ready to give Mahomes a three and out. And just the magic that he's able to procure because he's Patrick Mahomes. And it's that play to MVS, who's like horizontal on the ground, just sliding like a, a toboggan across snow. And he just magically catches it like that. And like, you gotta be kidding yeah. me. Like, I, I know we've been as Packer fans on the other end of some of those plays and the eras that we've enjoyed. But it's just like, oh, golly, that does that does that sting? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. So, But but for real, though, like if we go back and look at um, the receivers and how they've been or how, how they performed, like, I'm not really sure you can really ask too much more from these guys. Rasheed Rice, eight catches for 64 yards. Marquez Valdez-Scanley, two for 25. One of those being that, like, probably, that probably was about 16 yards on that uh, magical throw. But then after that, nothing. Like, if you're telling me your top two receivers on a team are going to be Travis Kelsey at 81 yards and Rasheed Rice at 64, I'm happy. I'm happy. Like, they just did so well. Like, Sky Moore was a non-factor. Um... Richie James had the one catch. Like, they just have a bunch of players with one catch or no catches. Kadarius Tony had one target and no catches. And so, yeah, this, like, shout out the entire secondary. It's It was talked about how thin it, thin it was going into this season once you got away from 
once you got away from the starters, particularly um, Jair, Eric, uh, Razul, Eric Stokes. And that's like, okay, if any of those guys get hurt, and then what do you do? Well, they traded away his Zool, Eric Stokes, and Jair both got hurt. And so now you're looking yep. at Keyshawn Nixon, Jonathan Owens, Donald Savage gets hurt, Rudy Ford gets hurt. You're just looking at a, a piecemealed secondary that has played their best ball at, again, the most important time in this schedule if they really wanted to do anything and have develop, like do anything in the playoffs or just developmentally. And if they wanted to make sure that this last month counted, because even if they had, they weren't in the playoff picture, having games that count and games that matter and you're in the in a place to win games is important for young guys. We're seeing it happen right now. And so a big part of this, of this run is the secondary just playing as well as they are. So again, kudos to, to all, all of them back there. Yeah, I, I agree. Keisha Nixon really making strides as a slot corner. Mm-hmm. As much as we've, you know, going into the year, we're very kind of, how do they divvy that up? What does that mean for his status as a kick return and a punt returner? steadily just kind of gotten to the point where he can do both very well and it's not a problem like I, mm-hmm. he's not the most perfect slot corner but no one is and he's doing again making the interception change the game it gave them another stop it gave them another <laughs> or more ability to burn the clock get a little bit more scoring and to separate themselves from the Chiefs and that that's all you need that's all you need for this from this defense right now Stuck AJ Dillon. I think we ought to. AJ Dillon um, didn't light up the uh, the uh, the score sheet per se. Just 18 carries for 73 yards. But man alive, was he so good this game! Like, I think he really started off. I'm gonna do a quick little inter um, intermission, not intermission, but do all the transitions here. Kabao, kabao, kabao. Jordan Love on hot starts the past two weeks. <laughs> We've just been deliberate about making sure we start fast. There's been little things we've changed during the week for guys to have that mindset. And so if we go back to the the box score, A.J. Dillon, 18 carries, 73 yards, no touchdowns. But he showed up at the most important time in the rushing game all game long. He added on one catch of 14 yards and a check down. But, I mean, if you just... Think about what this game looks like. And this is all without Aaron Jones, mind you. Like, we haven't even talked about how he he wasn't even in the mix in this game. A.J. Dillon, with one of the better games of his career tonight, and a one of the more important games of his career. Like, Jordan, I know you hate this stat, but it's December. It is yeah. it is A.J. Dillon time. <laughs> like, and Move he, over, Craig Council. It's A.J. Dillon's time. It's A.J. Dillon's time in Wisconsin. Um, but it's just, I was just so happy to see him run effectively, and there was a lot of opportunities for him to to get more yards than he had of these seventy three, and he got like shoestring tackled barely by by a defender from Kansas City. Not his fault, just a, a lucky tackle. And so it's just really encouraging to see him play at this level. I don't expect AJ Dillon to be a hundred yard a game rusher. I I really don't, but. I think if you give him more opportunities like this and he starts playing more like this, he might find himself back in Green Bay next year, which if he keeps doing this later in the season, I'll be more encouraged about than we were two months ago in September when he doesn't play well. 
<laughs> yep. Five straight games where the Packers' offenses uh, totaled more than 100 yards on the ground, which granted Aaron Jones played the Rams game. He played some of the Steelers game, got hurt in the Chargers game. That's not nothing. That's not nothing by any means. Nope. Um, yeah, I thought he was as impactful as he has been all season long. I thought, yes, he didn't go in the end zone, but again, it's if we're we're looking at the offense extending drives, if they're controlling the the game. I mean, they only had seven total drives tonight. That's probably the fewest that they've had all gate or all season long. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're, we're talking about it being really heavy on ball possession and who's dictating the tempo and how long drives are going. AJ Dillon runs of three or four yards, even if they're not the sexiest thing by any means, or he's getting tripped up at the by defenders or, or at the first level of defense. It's still extending drives. It's putting them in better position. We saw later on where the Packers offense, when they've had to go into third and long, and I mean long, I mean it was like third and fifteen or third mm-hmm. and ten because of penalties or whatever. Chiefs are diving out the pressure. Like it it that was Obviously, the the thing that got after Jordan Love's game, but before getting down to those moments, the Packers were that running that balance of getting everything that you want out of AJ Dillon. Patrick Taylor had a fantastic couple runs towards the end of the half that they couldn't really cash in a, on that final drive going into halftime. Um, but AJ Dillon's carrying the load for this running offense, and what it looked like two months ago was just abysmal. Yep. Where now it's like, okay, this is, it's not ideal, but it's at least complementary to the point where you could say that their offense is actually sustaining itself and humming along where you don't need the, the facet to run through Aaron Jones when you have him or if you do in the rare cases this year. Um, yeah, I just think Andrew Dillon was doing enough to just kind of help ease up on Jordan Love and just keep things move, running smoothly when you needed it to run smoothly. Right. Nope. Strong agree on all that. Um, the James Robinson experience was an interesting one. We got him for like two drives at the end of the, at the end of the half of the first half, which I'm not really sure why, frankly, but I would be, I would hope to see Aaron Jones again, as I guess all I'll say with that. Um, Patrick Taylor, like say what you will about him and what we said about him earlier in the year. Two rushes for 29 yards. That 24-yard one was a big one. Um, he is clearly still young. Just needs to learn how to get out of bounds. That's all I'll say. <laughs> but, I, yeah, it just... Th- th- this running offense coming to, I guess, not fruition, but showcasing that isn't just broken without Aaron Jones is a really good thing for this team. Like, the play-action uh, pass to Ben Sims for the touchdown was perfect like just perfect oh my god they, they were rushing perfect all all down the field like the entire way down the field rush 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 and then play action bootleg pass to ben sims jordan love is like all by himself ben sims all by himself just yep. a perfect play call at the perfect time and it's like that's why that rushing game is so important you can do more stuff like that so yeah just very, very happy about that. Most points um, the Chiefs had allowed this year, right? Uh, I think so. I think so. I, I believe that's what it was. Here, I can run through their 
You got it. Schedule again. Um, Twenty-one. Yep. They allowed uh, twenty-four to the Broncos in Week Eight. Wowza! Packers exceeded that. I have a, a, a tweet actually here from Steel Capadia, I believe, of the Ringer. Based on expected points added per drive, the Packers' offense performance against the Chiefs was the fifth best for any team all season. Seven possessions, three touchdowns, two field goals, two punts, at least two first downs on every drive. Jordan Love's improvement is one of the stories of the season. Yeah, and I think damn like... Damn right. <laughs> Sorry, Ty. <laughs> I said damn right. Doubling down? Sheesh. Sheesh. Um, but no, I think... like. I think it really is quite interesting to see just how well he has developed. Not to um, bring up memories of of year past and bad memories, but imagine had Aaron Rodgers actually sat last year and let Jordan Love develop while he injured his thumb. What do these games look like between the Lions game and like the Steelers game? You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, I think there was just a lot of growing that needed to come in, and it's not worth. Had, we got rid of the old fart. That's right. That's what we did. That's right. He was a fart in the wind. A fart in the wind. <laughs> um, we have to talk about this this receiving core. Like, I think yes, the story. I was say who who you, we have to talk about Christian Watson. Have to talk about Christian Watson. Like seven catches. Seven catches on nine targets, 71 yards, and two touchdowns. Unfortunately, hurts his hamstring. Two carries, 15 yards, too. Yep, two carries, 15 yards, one of which he goes and injures his hamstring. Um, Matt LaFleur said post game that he does not have anything um, further on, on Christian Watson. Um, he, says, he says, quote, I hope it's not too long. He's a, a dynamic player because once, once he gets it going, you can see the results. Which is, yeah, absolutely. Like, he's did the same thing last year. Takes a while to get ready, but now that he's going, he's really making plays. Like, the the crossing route on his first touchdown was good. But, man, dude, the, the catch in the back of the end zone was beautiful. Like, I think there was a picture from someone. I'll try and find it quick here in a minute. But, oh, I found it. Here we go. It's just, it's just so pretty. It's just so pretty. Look at it. Look at the picture. Oh Look at the picture. Oh, it just oh, it oh, it was just such a pretty throw. I gasped, Jordan. I gasped. I went oh, oh I was oh. Talk about Christian Watson. It's, Talk about Christian Watson. It's it's this <laughs> what we saw last year of just this like potential oozing out of him and just going on this crazy streak. We were so excited about what he could be even with a new quarterback change and even anticipating a lot of things having to get worked out, which obviously came to fruition tonight and seeing how he played coming out of the Thanksgiving game. We're both like, okay, we know this experience. We know what we're getting into. We just want to see more of it. Can you string this along? And the way that they were utilizing him again, getting him the ball on jet sweeps or reverses and and kind of doing the Jaden Reed effect with Christian Watson makes sense it sucks that he got hurt on one of those kind of plays but there it wasn't just the deep bomb it what he wasn't just running down the field and let's let's stretch the field and try to make a play like they're they're utilizing him in these 
very real ways to make this offense click. And it happened on the first touchdown play. The second touchdown play, I mean, it's one of the best catches I've seen a Packers wide receiver make. Years. And, since, you know, since, it, since Devontae. Yes. Yeah, obviously Devontae is in the class of his own, but like of the non-Devante. Right. I think, I, think, I think if you go non-Devante, it's forever ago. <laughs> it's a long time ago. I'm trying to think of another just kind of like wow catch of that you could have, you could have easily given credit to the wide receiver more than you had given credit to Rodgers or whatever. But just making it was it was a ballsy throw by Love mm-hmm. who was throwing dimes on the Dude, on his back foot all night long. Just dots all over the field. And and hitting Watson that and at the apex. He's throwing it up high. And it, it's not it's one of those things where it could have easily sailed over him. We probably some million a, a couple five a couple dozen of those plays early in the year where he's sailing them over him or he's throwing them into coverage. And it's not working out. Hitting him at the apex of that jump where Christian Watson is making a contested catch. Look how close that defender is right there. Oh. And it was just beautiful. One of the one of the big plays that we'll, we'll see how this the rest of the season goes, but that is going to be an offensive play that I'm going to remember for probably a, a very long time. Oh, yeah, a very long time. Yeah, um, yeah hopefully he's okay. Like the sooner he's back on the field, the better for the Packers. Um, it helps that they don't play until Monday. Yep, yep. Help give him one more day, one more day, and that game is against the. Why am I blanking? The Buccaneers? No, that's wrong. Giants. The Giants. They. Oh. <laughs> Yuck! <laughs> I forgot we played them. Oh, dude. I mean, like, look at this one. Look at. Hold on. Sorry, I'm I'm bringing up more pictures. Sorry, audio. Sorry, audio listeners. Like, you just have to. Go check out the YouTube. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. This is look at this. The the the, the apex of Christian Watson's jump over his defender at the, the, the just the most perfect point that he could catch it. Just oh, it was so good. It's a Michelangelo. That's it's Pablo Picasso. That is Vincent Van Gogh. Keep going. Jordan Love. <laughs> That's the um, Sistine Chapel. That is the Sistine Chapel of Packers catches this season. Mm-hmm. Um, Romo Dobbs, four catches, seventy-two yards uh, on five targets. He didn't play a huge role in the in the offense like throughout the game, but he came up big when he needed to. He had a couple of pretty crucial catches, including yeah, that fourth fourth down catch. Yep, that he that bucket throw. So I'm not sure if you like noticed it in the replay, but when they show him tracking the ball. Jordan Love has thrown it. Romeo Dobbs is looking at Dontavian Wicks behind him, essentially. And then you see him literally pick his head up like this, and he finds the ball and tracks it and catches it. But he had... He, it was just so... So... Like, clutch to catch... I guess to find and catch that ball. Within three defenders, too. Like, he took a lick from two guys. Yes. And that was... Uh, just an incredible catch from Roman Dobbs, and it just it just goes to show that these guys have talent. They just need to start like getting into the rhythm more. Roman Dobbs had that article written about him by Paul Brunel. Love Paul. Thought the article was great, regardless. But and even then, it's still like true. Roman Dobbs doesn't get open that much. 
on his routes in general. He's good at catching TD passes, which good trait to have. I'm not complaining about it. But if he's going to continue to be on this team and keep making plays like this, I will be just fine with it. Like we, t- we talked about it in, pa- in years past about how, or not years past, pods past, that Rumor Dobbs has really been like the James Jones of this team. Like I don't want to yeah. call him all reliable because he's a second year guy, but for the most part over this last stretch of games, he's been pretty reliable hands wise. He had a couple of bad drops during that losing streak that really hurt, but now he's he's coming coming into his own and becoming a important part of the passing offense. Yeah, four tar- or four catches on five targets and being the lead receiver by a yard, like again that I believe that fourth down catch was before the second Watson touchdown. It was. It was, so, it was really important. It was like a, a very important part of this game. Very important part of the, this game. And that score doesn't happen without Dobbs catching that ball. And yeah, he is a, a, a very different receiver. But again, how this offense is clicking between all these different skill sets, it's really just exciting to see how it's all coming and manifesting together in that way. Um. Matt LaFleur on the vibes. We got a little T-Swift and Simone Biles on here. I can't fix that. But regardless, um, Matt LaFleur said, this is from Bill Huber, said there were times when it was hard to stay positive, but he knew the team could come out better uh, through those hard times, and it was with three consecutive wins. I'd imagine the Pittsburgh game was like this hard. That was like, was that hard time where they just had a lot of penalties, missed, missed extra points, where just they beat themselves the entire game, right? The rush defense looked awful. Like I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd imagine that that was one of the moments he was talking about where this team could have like folded the rest of the year and went down, but no, they they got back up and they understood that they beat themselves and really fixed it. Like I think it, it's a testament to how good one the Chiefs are and how good of a game you need to play against them. Like think about this this game, Jordan. In the past few weeks, the the Packers have been really good at not. Uh, committing penalties. They were really bad through the first few weeks, like two months of the season, committing penalties. The penalties that I remember, that I remember on offense specifically, the delay of game uh, that made it first and 15 when they're at like the 40-ish yard line. Yeah. They had, I don't think a hold. I'm trying to think of other, I think they might have had, they might have had a hold in the, second, in the first half. There was definitely... There's two uh, first half, I don't know. I don't remember a hold. I remember the Rashid hold or Rashid Walker hold on whoever whoever it was. Yeah, that was definitely second half. Yep. And then the delay game, but other than that, like I'm having trouble f- remembering a lot of penalties in this game, like on offense particularly. And I think yep. that has cleaned up, been been cleaned up so much that it goes to show you how good the Chiefs are that the Packers played a almost really clean game, not a whole lot of penalties, and the Chiefs were still in it at the end where they could have just scored one touchdown and an extra two-point conversion to tie it. Like, the Packers played an incredible game and squeaked out of Lambeau with, with a win against the Super Bowl defending champions. Like, just greatness all around from uh, from everybody on the, on the on the Packers and doing their job tonight. Yeah, we wouldn't have. We would not have predicted this. We didn't. To we did not predict <laughs> this when after their biggest win of the series or season to date at that point, 
We didn't think this was possible a month ago. We didn't think this was possible two months ago. We didn't think this was possible before the season began. Mm -hmm. And yes, I I understand probably a lot of the talking points are going to be on the final drive, on the final minute, on the final few plays. But this was a resounding performance, again, Mm -hmm. from this team. Mm -hmm. And yes, they... Chiefs still had a chance to score and to, a chance to win. But from what we anticipate this season being, we're seeing this picture come together. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me is like, it, that is so exciting. It's why I don't know if I said it on pod or, or discord or, or whatever. Join the, join the GSPN discord, <laughs> GSPN.info. Uh, you can find links to all our pods and the discord, which is a lot of fun. There you go. Um, but it does remind me of the Lions last year of this team that was awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't remember what their record they were one was. And seven. At, was a one and seven mm-hmm. going into that Packer game? Mm-hmm. No, and that yes, 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 something like that. There's somewhere around there, yeah. I think I think they started um, one and seven. I don't know what it was going in the Packer game. And then it was just that performance. And granted, that wasn't like a great performance by them, but it was a win that just kind of. They needed to get back in the sale. You right. know what I mean? Like, just to get some momentum going forward rather than backwards. And really, like, again, we could probably look at that Rams game against, you know, Rams are in the playoff picture, too. It's the only game that Brett Rippian played as a starting quarterback and yeah. is not even on the team anymore. Yeah. But just needing to get off that skid, that calamitous skid where we're thinking just where does this team go like it's it's more existential questions rather than the week to week day to day game to game kind of questions that we normally have and it it, it has changed this season for the better clearly and it's all about just getting the job done keep keep taking care of your business looking don't look at any opponent less than especially with some bad teams coming up Mm-hmm. They just need to take care of what's in front of them, and we're easily going to be talking about a playoff team. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, we should do a quick shout out to the other receivers that had a great game tonight. Um, I think we need to have a longer discussion first um, on Tucker Craft. Tucker Craft is shaping up to be an absolute monster at tight end. Like I know that when we um, had drafted them in April, not we, when the Packers had drafted them in April, the 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 point was is that Luke Musgrave was a a tight end to start helping now, and that Tucker Craft could be developed into a um, into a tight end that would be good for the future. Something a guy like a good blocker and also a good receiving tight end. And I think like we saw glimpses of that tonight. I know you were enamored with Tucker Craft's blocking tonight. Yes, I, I thought he helped spring up Asia Dillon for extra yardage. I think he helped um, spring up Jordan Love to extend plays, especially mm-hmm. when he was getting out of the pocket and stuff like that. I think he's he's a much more classic bruising tight end, and it's not just because he's a big body and everything like that. There is something there, and it's not to discount Luke Musgrave. Oh, easily, God, no. It could easily work as this could be an interesting one-two tandem on your line. Mm-hmm. But Tucker Craft has tools that Luke Musgrave just doesn't have, and that's just laying the smack down. He clearly <laughs> likes 
<laughs> putting putting guys down on the field with blocks. And that is huge. That's huge for this team to block in in the open field, when, especially when it comes down to one-on-ones. Oh, absolutely. Like I think he is a magnificent blocker. And then his yeah. threat of blocking um, in the passing game then opens it up for him to shed those Tread that block and get open and on. Try to get that one play. Dude, it it would have worked so well. There, Chris Collinsworth pointed out on on the broadcast. There's nobody on that side of the field. It's a touchdown mm-hmm. through and through. Oh, that's not even the play that I was thinking of either. Oh, really? It was so that was close. I think the last drive before Anders kick. There was a, a the drive before where it's basically like a maybe it was the same drive where Tucker Craft kind of does the take one second kind of beat of giving love some time mm-hmm. and that he's going to do a wheel route down the sideline and the defender kind of grabbed at him, but just to slow oh, his. Oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 When he, he wanted the PI on it, but yep. it wasn't enough to really call a PI. That was after my play, but yeah, yes, it was, right. it was a touchdown if he just keeps running and I wanted him to keep running and it, oh well, like, oh well kind of deal, but Man, it's it just good. Um, Ergen Claw in the chat says Kraft doesn't fall over. No, he doesn't. And I think like no, that's that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> that's pretty big. And here's the hoping Luke Musgrave eventually like gets some balance training. Like he ought to go to some like ballerina school or ballerina training to start getting his wits about him and find his balance because you got you got to give him credit. Like he's six five six six, two fifty at least probably. Being that tall and that heavy, your your balance is hard to come by when you're moving that fast. I'm not Luke Musgrave tall or big, but I'm I'm six two. I know that when I get rumors going, have rumors may disagree. <laughs> right when I get running like fast, I play like softball. If I get going too fast and I try to like round second, I have to figure out a way to keep my balance. Otherwise, I end up ass over tea kettle. And at that point, it's just like, well embarrassing but whatever it's hard like if you if you ever had that size again i'm not saying i do but it's more of a troubling thing that you than you might imagine given i'm not an NFL player it still exists and i'm sure he'll be just fine going forward so um a couple more jane reed wasn't a huge factor tonight he was a huge factor early on that first play like the the touch pass from Jordan Love. I don't want to call it end around because it's not end around, but it's the same. Yeah, they didn't even credit it as a run. Yeah, because because it because it, it was a pass. Yeah, because it, it's the it's the same as a little boop, little touch pass from Jordan Love, and then um, <laughs> sorry Ty, <laughs> um, touch pass that went for what? I think that was his longest play of the game, nine yards, and then he had three more catches for seven yards. So yeah. not a huge like impact tonight but had that good play in the opening drive Dontavion Wicks dog he's just he's just good he just gets open that's he all he does something. He, he's, he's got something and watching See him Malik Heath yep Malik Heath had the one bad drop that would have went for a first down he ends up making up for it um and I, I think in a different way but yeah he he's just he's just good yeah cause I think he had his drop first and then he had the catch that went for the first yeah. down because he made that guy miss. Oh, he put that guy in the freaking uh, the washing machine. Just, mm-hmm. whoop, but he's spin cycle. A little tired to go. That's right. He oh, it was it was so gross. Like foot in the ground, let the guy fly by. So yeah, uh, he's good, dude. He's gonna be good. I think like between 
duct tape and Emily Keith. They've got something very special brewing in the bar receiving room. And shout out to Ben Sims for his first mm-hmm. career touchdown. He ran to that Lambo that Lambo leap so fast. Like he he was so ready let's, to do it. Let's bring back the Lambo leap. What is this he, celebration? No, he did. It wasn't him. I know, I know. But Christian Watson didn't celebrate. Brother, if he Lambeau. jumps high enough, he's gonna tear his hamstring. Leave him alone. Excellent comp. <laughs> let him stay. Comp. Let him stay on the ground, please. <laughs> Give him a crutch, and then he'll get up there. Listen, unless he's flying, I can't. I have a picture handy. I'll have to pull up again. <laughs> unless he's flying to catch that ball that he had earlier, I don't want him leaving the ground. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I do because he pulled his hamstring on a run. Who knows? Yeah. Point. Point. Uh, put out there. Um. Happy birthday, Rashawn Gary. Good birthday present for him. This is up for grabs. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm just it's just a really good game all around. Like Rashawn Gary, I'm just I've said it in previous pods where they've done well in previous wins. It's just so encouraging to see him I think really get back from that injury. He came back and was doing well early, earlier in the season. I think now you're really seeing the explosiveness and the I guess dynamic ability of his to get home and make pressures and get sacks because he's only credited with the the half a sack today, but he had way more pressures than that. I have to assume. Yeah. I'm sure they'll probably be figured out over time. And if you look at PFF stats and versus ESPNs or pro football references, it, it will be different based on who, what place you go to, mm-hmm. but nine or nine and a half sacks, however you want to credit it. Um, on the year, and granted, again, part of that was it was maybe up to the Broncos game where we were talking about him as like a part-time player. Yep. Not even that; like he's playing ten to fifteen snaps, and now is getting more of the full complement of snaps or closer to, mm-hmm. and still making it's making a greater impact in those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just been really key in this winning streak um and just the you know overall upturn of the season and it's it's just great to see him not just healthy but being even better than what he was prior to getting hurt yeah uh talk about the the chiefs a little bit more uh trent mcduffie i didn't hear his name called all night long like i'm looking at the the box score and he had five tackles i don't remember him having any sort of impact on the game which is crazy because he's the fourth rated cornerback on pff like he's been having an all pro year without a doubt and i don't know maybe i'm wrong jordan i didn't hear anything about him all game no i don't remember him even being or having the ball thrown his way and we were we were talking maybe about they maybe they, maybe they didn't like i don't know it, it very well could have i mean that's the stuff that's going to be fun to pour into over the next couple of days, whether it's PFF data or just people sharing clips online and stuff. But yeah, again, I think that just again speaks to Jordan Love's efficient performance. It wasn't like they were trying to duck <laughs> the the Chiefs' best defenders or um, uh, defensive backs or anything like that. They just put the wide receivers were doing everything they could to be throwing in really good spots and Jordan Love was delivering more often than not and that is ultimately going to stand higher on what 
you know, ended up being <laughs> a big win, obviously, for the Packers. Mm-hmm. Kelps out in chat too. The Chiefs had so many injuries this game. Like it was yes. they they were running like a, a unit out of their locker room at halftime and had to be or something. But it it's really like does stink for them because excuse me, they were healthy most of the year. And they come out of this game with a lot of injuries. I think like a concussion for one guy, um a hurt ankle where they won't even show the replay for another. Just it was a devastating game for them for sure. Pacheco somehow didn't get snapped in half. Like that was a crazy, a crazy play. And Chris Collinsworth was talking about like the strength of Isaiah Pacheco to get out of that. I'm not sure if it was strength or just pure luck, frankly, but yeah, I don't know how he wasn't. It's not, I don't know if that was necessarily Pacheco's like willpower. I mean, manpower in some degree, it right? Was, but I don't know. Pretty, Getting separate. I thought also like a lot of those injuries early on before like you know the Chiefs lost their starting safety and Brian Cook. There's starting linebacker who was filling in for Nick Bolton who did, didn't end up playing gets hurt on the first drive if not one of the first couple plays. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of the guys that ended up coming back or getting hurt and then coming back on in the game, it was like getting hit hard, and because of how cold it is there. You're just not prepped for it. Like, Maybe it not. takes a while to kind of, like, <laughs> embrace the cold, even though the Chiefs obviously play in a cold-weather stadium, too, and it's open. So, Right. Um, but, yeah, I just thought a lot of those injuries, at least in those in that, in those circumstances, were kind of related to that. Mm-hmm. Quinn Walker leads the team with 13 tackles, uh, four of which are solo. Corey Ballantyne has 10. Um, Jonathan Owens, I think, played okay. He had a couple of important plays, but I also feel like he might have gotten, I think, oh, he he was the reason Travis Kelsey had that first really big reception. He just, like, let Travis Kelsey go in zone. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. He just can't do that. <laughs> he, just, he just can't do that. He can't do that. <laughs> um, I think his penalty at the, at the end of the game was crap. He was inbounds. Like, it's it's so very, you can make that face all you want. He was in bounds. He wasn't out of bounds when he made contact. I know, but I, I, I know the letter of the law is what they're going to say. Terry McCauley. That's the problem that I have with all these stupid. Let's have the official. Let's let's hear what the offici- officials think of these calls. That they have no. They're not the governor of these right. of these decisions. They're, they react to it like everybody else does. So it has no point yeah. on what the NFL is looking for when it's not being adjudicated in the way that they intended to be. I put more weight into guys like Terry McCauley and the other guy, Gene Serator, than I do for Dean Blandino. Because, or Mike Pereira? Or Mike Pereira. No, because Mike Pereira was a the head he of... He was an official. Yeah. Dean Blandino's the... Whatever his... Was, is, yeah, he was just the analyst. Like He's just, he's just a rules analyst. The other three guys like were actually part of NFL officiating for for a number of years. I understand. I understand it, but it, the for Kelp, me, Kelp puts it perfectly in chat. You can't give them a chance to make that. That call. is exactly what I was gonna say. Is that they will call that even if it's a fifty fifty. And it, it, again, it's not that this will matter in their ultimate decision making. Mm-hmm. But when you see a scrambling quarterback going to this out of bounds. And you see a guy loading up as Jonathan Owens usually does. It's <laughs> we know the ending of that story. 
Right. I I just I just wish that I think the if I'm not mistaken the ref that threw the flag wasn't the ref that was right there. It was the one down the field. So. Yeah. And so that happened twice this game where I don't want to know what that what that WikiLink says. Um I just I just found Deep Landino's Wikipedia page and it is the funniest Wikipedia picture okay, hold or on. a person I've ever seen in my life. Hold on, hold on. Well I'll I'll put I'll put, <laughs> I'll put this as <laughs> I'll, I'll before we get into that, let me let me get through my point here. Right. Is that this happened twice now where they it happened twice in the game when the official that wasn't nearest the play made the call so that yeah it didn't make sense for that official to make that call it was the um the, i think it was Carrington judge i think it was Carrington Valentine's DPI where it was like barely a held like arm for um for him when i got like, i think on Rasheed Rice and it's just like let the the judge or the referee that's right there make that call it's just it's just kind of annoying when they when they do overrule them like that um in a way that isn't um helpful to my football team so with that being said i'm trying to figure out a way to get this to be able to show this picture and it's just really not working but I'll just do this. Steve Landino's Wikipedia page says, also says in his personal life section, at some point around 2005, he did stand-up comedy in several comedy, comedy clubs in New York City. That is... Wh- <laughs> why? <laughs> Steve Landino was hired by a man named Jerry Seaman, starting as an intern in NFL's officiating department and became a full-time employee in the 1994 NFL season. That's just wild. Here we go. I'm just going to do this, and then I'll be done with this window for the night. This is Dean Blandino's uh, Wikipedia page for all of you, um, all of you YouTube listeners. <laughs> I'm trying to see. There's there's ten of y'all in here right now, and I appreciate all of you. But look at this man's face. <laughs> that is, if that is not the screen cap, I I will riot. I just want to point at Dean Blandino's. <laughs> Let me get my finger in the way. There we go. Look at Deep Landita right there. Oh. So. That's funny. Um, anything else? Uh, your boy Anders. Oh, yes. Let's go Anders. I mean, what else is there to say? He went two for two on absolutely critical field goals he needed to make. Like, there, there was two outcomes to that 48-yard field goal at the end of the game that he made. It was either nailed it like he did, or it was going in the seats. And I was so nervous for the latter option. I was so nervous. <laughs> yes. But, yes. I mean, that's why they drafted him, right? Rich Passaccia and Brian Gutenkunst have talked about his his mental capability as a kicker was half the reason that they drafted him. And golly, he's he's showing it. Like, it, he is really performing in those critical spots. And if you can get extra points nailed down, then I think he's going to have a pretty long career. Yeah. The field goal to extend the lead to basically the, if the chiefs, chiefs had scored, they would have to 
convert a two point conversion. Right. It was at the thirty yard line of the in Chiefs territory. So forty eight yards. What is that if he they miss it? What do they add on like ten yards or something? It, it, it's it's for the spot. It's not from the same spot because they push it back a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Still, yeah. In that moment of there's seventy five seconds left, you give Patrick Mahomes the ball, and everything's flipped. Yes, they don't have timeouts going down the down the field. Mm-hmm. But it, it that would have been disaster, especially mm-hmm. knowing how it would have changed their belief in a young kicker who has had some foibles at least as of late not disastrous by any means but he's had a couple foibles <laughs> you gotta um, stop with that word <laughs> sorry <laughs> um what was i saying oh yeah if he had missed that and the chiefs had 75 seconds to march down the field and try to get a touchdown we would have been talking about this as a very different game of oh yeah you know Miss getting it wouldn't have been about oh they didn't get that score, um it wouldn't have been about that and it wouldn't have been about oh the final drive before halftime mm-hmm. we were talking about these missed opportunities and everything like that yep so yeah for him to hit those huge kicks in a not ideal weather situation too so he's got to get used to kicking a Lambo in December and January and mm-hmm. you know that's probably as further it's not going to go to February eventually. Um, eventually get super bowl 83 um but yeah sorry 30 years <laughs> that's not that far away <laughs> where what super bowl 58 something like that 25 years he could kick for that long we see sebastian jake or not him who's been like an old kicker the terry robbie gold anyway yeah, yeah go on <laughs> um it, it was good to see him step up in, in a Really big spots, hitting the yeah. biggest kicks of his career to date. Yeah, I think in Malifor's offense, he's not going to get as many kicking opportunities as you might see other uh, offenses because Malifor, like the rest of the NFL, likes to go for and fourth down. And um, great point by the by the broadcast booth earlier in the game where it was that fourth down where Roman Dobbs caught that ball and is like, "Do you kick it or do you um, or do you go for it on fourth and?" 15 or whatever it was and if you give him the ball at the 15 or the 25 or the 45 whatever like the yardage was most coaches say what does it matter at Patrick Mahomes and so great call by Matt LaFleur to not go with um, Anders kick there and said go for it but yeah when Anders needed to make the kicks then he made them and so kudos to him and here's to hoping he can continue doing them long in the future um, Daniel Whalen one good punt that's all I need for you buddy Nice job. Down to the one-yard line, stunted. Well, literally. He he punted once tonight, and all he needed to do was drop it at the one. That's exactly what he did. Like, that's it was perfect. It gave any sort of hope that the Chiefs would be able to sneak in a score before halftime, before they got the ball back in the second half, put to bed. And they just knelt it down and went to bed, went to halftime. And so, just it was just a good thing. So, nice job, Daniel Whelan. Anybody else before we wrap up our hundredth episode, Jordan? No, I am overjoyed that we're talking about a Packers victory and we're talking about the Packers being the playoff picture. The season is we're on the cusp of something great, mm-hmm. of something great, and it's great to see this 
this uptick on what was a very just sad Packers season otherwise. Yeah, we were done bad. Very, very bad. Um, but yeah, I don't think we could have asked for a better game for our 100th episode. We couldn't have asked for a better group of listeners for these 100 episodes. So we thank you all. It's 11.54 Central Standard Time. After our Packers win, we got a good amount of viewers here. A lot of viewers that have come and checked out throughout the pod. So thank you to all of you who have come and listened. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of fun this podcast. And again, this this game couldn't have been more perfect for us to celebrate our centennial mark. So a big thank you from all of us over at GSPN for giving us a listen and giving us your time as Packers fans. So with that being said, that does it for us. As always, you can find us on Twitter at NumakasNoam, uh, at Jordan Tresky for Jordan. Um, check us out. Give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your pods. Uh, give us a like if you could. If you're still here, go press that like button down there. Subscribe, hit the bell, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, we would love it. Always get get those numbers up. Bigger number, better person is what I've always said. So gspn.info for, for, to find the Discord. You can find one and six there. Eurostep, cruising for a bruising. Make time for this. All the GSPN pods um, over at gspn.info. So with that being said, folks, thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you to the Packers for presenting us with a wild, wild win for this episode. And Jordan, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.